0: This is Bridging the Gap with Love, episode 32, Trauma in Adoption.
1: I'm Heidi Brower, a birth mom. And I'm Jessica Johns, an adoptive mom. And this is a podcast about adoption. As we share our own experiences and the stories of others, we hope to provide support for those in the adoption world and educate others on the joy and grief of adoption.
0: Okay, we're back. I feel like it's been a long time. We had like four or six weeks of interviews built up. And now here we are recording again.
1: How are things for you? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, the interviews were great. But it's, uh, you know, podcasters like dream to have these like interviews all lined up and then. You know The editing that goes into it is always fun, but um, then then we get to a point where we're like, oh, we're out of interviews, so we get to talk. I mean, we like to talk. We do. We like to talk to each other, so that's all fine, Um, but it was really fun. I really learned a lot from each of these people that we were able to interview and just their different perspective, and I think that that's one of the really fun parts of what we get to do is we get to learn from others because our stories aren't the ones that just like the end all be all of adoption, right? So we, us getting to talk to other people and hearing their story has been really powerful and just learning and growing and kind of reflecting on my own story, but also like, how can I continue to learn and grow and listen to other people's stories and their perspective?
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, we're only experts in our own personal adoption stories. And once we got to a point where we had like shared our stories, you know, up to that point, and of course we haven't shared everything, but opening it up to hear other people's stories has been such a learning experience for me to realize all the other like very unique um, examples of adoption stories and the good and the bad and kind of everything in between. Um, It's really opened my eyes and I think also kind of opened my heart to like a wider audience that we can have as we share not only our personal stories, but also give the opportunity to so many to share their stories on this platform. So that's been really fun. So one thing that was really interesting during November National Adoption Month you know it was kind of an opportunity to spread awareness about adoption but also celebrate adoption yeah. and um which we love to do i mean that's a huge reason that we're here that we like to share our stories is cuz we really are trying to show and maybe balance some of those stories that have been portrayed in the media, Mm -hmm. but we also want to be careful that it doesn't invalidate like the hard stuff about adoption. And we, we had a post on our Instagram sometime during the month of November about like, how has adoption blessed your life? And one person commented and said that adoption is trauma. And it almost like knocked the wind out of me to think about that comment and what that could have meant for her mm-hmm. in her life. I, I reached out to her like through direct message and tried to see if she would tell me more about that. But I think that comment has really had both you and I thinking about, you know, are we doing a good job of sharing the entire spectrum mm-hmm. of adoption and not just celebrating it, but also um, really validating the experiences, um, traumatic and otherwise, that that people have experienced.
1: Yeah. I think that 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 comment for me, it also was kind of like, oh, like maybe we're not doing a good job of, you know, I think naturally we we take it as like, oh, no, it's a negative comment. Like, what are we going to do? And as women, a lot of times we like hold on to the one negative comment as opposed to all of the other positive comments that we've gotten. But for me, it was really time for me to step back and think, are we sharing all of these stories Is there trauma in adoption? Do I believe that there's trauma in adoption? And how can we articulate that? And how can we share that with our listeners without invalidating people's traumas, but also not invalidating the the good positive stories of adoption? And so both, Jessica and I, on different occasions, or maybe it was the same meeting, we just decided we need to talk about trauma. Now, we're not experts on trauma, but what we are really wanting to do is talk about it and talk about what we do know about trauma in regards to the, the adoption triad and try and create a safe space for people who have had traumatic adoption stories to be able to come to us and talk with us if they need to make sure that they know that we are people who are not, uh, we don't judge. We just want to be a safe space for them. And so that's kind of why we are wanting to put out this episode today is to just kind of talk about it. And and it's not the funnest topic, right? Like we were kind of trying to figure out how do we even start this episode because it is a heavy topic, but we do think that it's something that really needs to be talked about.
0: Yeah. And I think it's interesting because when, when we got that comment, and as I've thought over the, the last several weeks about it, there's a part of me that kind of wants to shut down and not like engage in that conversation. Mm-hmm. And I think that's pretty common to feel like when people's experiences are different than ours, it feels scary to us or almost like it will threaten the validity of our own experience yeah. with adoption. And so I kind of had to check myself on that mm-hmm. a little bit and and make a deliberate choice to want to learn more about this. I think the other thing that's really helped actually is to have the experiences that we've had over the last several weeks of meeting with parents who have adopted through the foster care system, and you—that experience is one. Um, that adoption experience for children that are adopted through the foster care system begins with trauma. Yeah, that is the very nature of the system. Is that you know children are taken from their homes due to abuse, neglect, or death, and whether it's acute or chronic trauma, like that is where these stories often begin. And so honestly, I think it was, it was listening to their stories that helped me like kind of open up my mind and, and soften my heart a little bit to learn more about this topic because it's real. It's real for so many people and we're going to do our best to at least provide a safe environment
1: for these stories to be shared. Yep. I agree. I think that it, you know, if there's anything that I've learned while doing this podcast over the past however many months, it's that you – that just because somebody else's story doesn't look exactly like mine or exactly like Jessica's, that we still have to allow space for it. And and this is anybody in any story in anything. It, it doesn't even have to do with adoption. If I'm hearing somebody talk about some other experience that they've been through and I'm ready to just shut it down and be like, well, that's not true – That's not fair because it's true for them. Mm -hmm. And I have to, and I I, I don't have to, I want to. I want to allow space for them to come and share with me and to honor their truth, just like I would want somebody to honor Mm -hmm. my truth. Because if I started talking about my experiences in life and somebody said to me, well, that doesn't make sense to me. I don't want to hear about it. Or that's not what I've been through it would make me want to shut down and not want to share and open up and talk to them. And so I'm really trying hard, no matter what it is, it doesn't have to be adoption that when people are wanting to share with me something about their life, that I want to open, be open and listen and validate exactly who they are and exactly where they are because every single one of us is worthy of love exactly where we are. Yeah. And I think ultimately we all
0: just crave to be seen and heard and understood. And I think it's important just as we grow to like constantly check in with ourselves and say like, am I really listening? Am I really validating and affirming the experiences of others? Because when we choose to not validate or to not listen, it ultimately like kind of disconnects us with with those around us that we are unwilling to listen to because they're different or have a different story than we are. And I think here in my life and here on You know, in this community, I want to connect. Like, I want to create a community where everyone feels safe and heard and seen. And we do that sometimes by talking about things that are difficult and different than our own experience. From what we we read online, trauma is described as the lasting emotional response that can result from living through a distressing event. And that can be like a one time event or like a chronic, complex event. So that's kind of the definition of trauma that we're using for this discussion. As we were thinking about trauma and trying to identify whether or not our stories we would identify as traumatic, we wanted to kind of get an understanding of what the difference between grief and trauma is. And we read that grief is the normal and natural response to loss. Um, and so there is like kind of a subtle nuance there of difference because we definitely both relate to the feelings yeah. of grief yeah. in our stories and experience. And loss can be considered a traumatic event, you know, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and grief can be that
1: response to a loss. So when I kind of thought about about my own story and if there, is, there was trauma and grief and kind of what the difference is between those... I had this image of scars and yes, 20 plus years ago I gave birth to my baby. And I I say unnaturally because it's not a natural human thing to like want to give your baby to somebody else. But I, I gave her to somebody else to raise and to um, be her mom and dad. And so that, for me, was traumatic at that time. And I would liken that to like an open wound, right? So I have scars on my body. I've had many kidney surgeries. I have two very distinct scars on the back of my kidneys um, that you could see if I had like lifted up my shirt or something. Um, And if I ever see a physical therapist or massage therapist, I always have to tell them like, please be careful around my kidneys I'm very sensitive in those areas. And I just kind of have to be open and honest with them about that. They can visibly see these scars, but they don't know that if anybody gets near these scars, I I tense up or it causes a little bit of pain because there's scar tissue built up in there. And although I don't think about my kidneys and my scars all the time, all day long, every day, I know that they're there. And so to me, in my story, trauma has is kind of like a scar that I know that it's there, but it's not forgotten. So just like when I have sensitivity to that area, I have to be open with people about how I'm feeling about certain parts of my story about adoption. Like I am really, really sensitive when people use wrong language around adoption and not because they mean to, but that kind of like, I liken that to me tensing up. If somebody was going to touch me in like my kidney area, it's almost like if they say things like, well, you gave up your baby for adoption. I'm like, Oh, that just doesn't feel right. You know, they might know that I've placed my baby for adoption, but I haven't been open with them about how I need that part of my life handled with a little bit more ease and care. If you think about the scars that you've had physically you probably have some of the same experiences that I do where it's there, it's it, it it's there, but it's not forgotten. You can tell me exactly what happened with that scar and you it might even still be a little bit sensitive to you because sometimes scar tissue is in those areas. The same goes for if you have emotional trauma, that you have those scars, sometimes they're not visible to others, but if you're open with others about the things that you have gone through, hopefully and this is one thing that we're trying to accomplish with this episode is they will respond to you in a way that they can be careful when it comes to that part of your story. And hopefully they will honor you and respect you and let you open up to them. I love that
0: so much. Um, I can relate to that. I have a few scars in my body too. Nothing quite like the kidney stuff you've gone through, but, um, scars have a story. And I think when we acknowledge them, like physical, I'm just speaking of physical scars, but like when we acknowledge them and ask people, how did you get that? Like, how did that happen? Like it gives people the opportunity to share a portion of their story and why they are who they are today. Um, it's kind of funny. I felt so like inadequate and unqualified to talk about trauma. And so I was talking with my husband, Jared, this morning, he works in the ER as a doctor and, um, you know, some of the patients that he, that he treats are called like trauma patients. And so I was asking him like, what does trauma mean in like an ER setting? And he talked about how trauma is, um, again, in the ER setting is when there's something external, like some external physical force like brushes up against a human basically. So whether that's like a car accident or somebody getting impaled, and I don't want to go too much into detail here or too gory, (laughs) but trauma happens like when something on the outside causes an injury to Mm -hmm. a person. Whereas there's other sicknesses and diseases that kind of start within our bodies. But I think it's first really important to acknowledge that trauma is not your fault, that it happens outside of you, that the damage and injury and pain that it causes like came from outside, mm-hmm. and that really rang true to me. Um, the other thing that I thought was interesting that he said is there could be somebody that's had been in a car accident, and they come in, and their body looks perfectly intact, mm-hmm. but like they Jared knows as a trained ER doctor that that can be very misleading, yeah. and that one of the first things that they need to do is to get an ultrasound and take X-rays because a lot of times these people are bleeding on the inside, and It just made me think that sometimes most of the times trauma can be completely invisible and we don't maybe always have the emotional scars, you know, on the outside to show for the experiences that we've had. And sometimes trauma can be so personal and so private and we aren't willing to share all the details of our stories. And that is obviously completely okay. Um, I think sometimes that is almost a boundary that people will have to keep themselves safe. Yep. Um, which makes complete sense. And so being comp- you know, 100% open and honest and vulnerable about your trauma is not always the right. best idea. Yeah. But I think it's important for those of us, and again, this applies to adoption and Anyone. so many other human life experiences, that we acknowledge that trauma is real and that it's usually a good bet to just Believe that the person that you're talking to has experienced some form of trauma, and that even though it may not be visible to your eyes, um, that there could be pain and hurt, lasting, you know, emotional response to traumatic things that have happened to this person. Whether it's an adoptee, birth parents, or even adopted parents, can yeah. relate to some form of trauma.
1: Yeah, yeah. Thanks for saying that because I think that sometimes because I'm such an open book, I forget that other people aren't, and that's okay. I'm not. Ever, I'm not saying that people have to be completely open and honest, especially if they don't feel like it's a safe place for them to be open and honest. And so, thank you for saying that because I, I sometimes am maybe too open. I don't know. Is that a thing? That's no, a thing. <laughs> not with me.
0: You know, it's not a thing with me. But, but again, like you know, that hasn't been our experience necessarily. I, I think like trauma and the fact that it can be invisible is important because I think it's been shown that even infants that are adopted at birth are considered to have experienced trauma. That's like a traumatic life event um, because of separation, loss, rejection, um, you know, issues with identity. Like those are all Mm -hmm. things that happen um, even like prenatal and at birth. So I think it's just so important to acknowledge that, um, that, that trauma can happen for infants at adoption, as well as for
1: older children and teenagers who, who are adopted at a later age. Yeah. This article that I read was this woman shared her story. It was basically like, you know, all of the things went well for me. I was adopted into a amazing family. I had everything that I wanted. I had brothers and sisters. I had parents that stayed married forever. I, my college was paid for. I'm very successful. And she's like, but it doesn't take away from the fact that, that she was adopted and that she was taken away from her birth mom. Um, maybe not necessarily taken away, but she was given to somebody else to raise her. And she said, you know, innately, I I probably knew what my mom sounded like. I probably knew All of those things, I shared like DNA with her and I, and I, you know, it was like that umbilical cord being severed and just being placed in somebody else's arms. She goes, I know that it was the right thing for me. I knew that it was the right choice that my birth mom had made, but I'm still, I still have emotional and psychological, um, effects of, of that trauma that, that came to me as a, as an infant.
0: Yeah. And I'll be honest, as an adoptive mom, that's kind of hard to hear. It's like a hard pill to swallow that even my children who went from the hospital directly into my home, like still experience trauma. Um, that that's just a part of their life story and that they're going to have to wrestle with that at some point and um, maybe are wrestling with it in ways that I don't even know about or recognize right Mm now. So that's, that's difficult. But I think one of the things that she pointed out in the article is that it's not black or white. It's Mm -hmm. not like adoption is just a blessing or only a curse or that adoption is all trauma and no, you know, No joy or whatever. I think we kind of want to live in the land of and. Like it can be both. both. It can be both. It can be a blessing and a gift and a miracle, and it can also be devastating and tragic and sad at times. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we can all kind of relate to that. That it it, it's not an either or situation. Like it's important to acknowledge
1: both sides of that coin. Yeah. I also felt that when I thought about this that. I thought about the trauma that I placed on Alex. Like to me, that was also something very hard to understand that maybe I was that person that caused that external car wreck that we're talking about, right? Because of the decision that I made to place her um, for adoption, even though I knew that that was the best thing for her and for me, I still, there was a part of me that maybe there still is a part of me that feels guilty that I have caused that trauma in her life, even though she has, is this amazing girl and has had an amazing life. Like some of the things that she's been through and the therapy that she's gone through, I, I wonder like, is that my fault? Like, is that something that I caused her? And so I I just think it's part of being adopted. It's adoptees will, they will go through that trauma. And, and I guess maybe how do we support them in that? Okay. So I think at this point, it
0: might be helpful for us to think about, like, how do we support those in our family who have experienced trauma, um, those that we've adopted, those that we've placed, the birth parents in our life um, who have experienced trauma? Like, what can we do to support them? Um, I think the biggest thing that we're learning is to listen to them, to allow them to Mm -hmm. share their stories if they're willing to share them. Yeah, And I think listening without trying to influence or change their opinion about whether or not it was traumatic or hard or difficult, which can be so hard to do, but listening without judgment. Yeah, What do you think?
1: Yeah. I think that the very first time Alex told me that she felt, you know, growing up a little bit of abandonment, I was like, but, but like, are you sure? Like you've been taken care of. Like, I think there was an, an initial human part of me that wanted to be like, but wait, 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 because if you felt abandoned, then that's my fault, right? And, and Or it could also be maybe there's adoptees who maybe don't want to be open because then it'll make their parents that raise them feel like, well, you didn't do enough. Or, you know, if they're saying like, there's this part of me that wants to know about my birth family and and I miss that mm-hmm. and, and you can't help it, but there's just something that's missing. It's almost like the, it's too easy for us to try and take offense to what they're saying, no matter what part of the story you're on. And instead, I think what would be helpful is if we would say, tell me more about that. Mm. Tell me more about why you felt abandoned or tell me more about why this is traumatic for you or what you went through and how you felt about it. And I think that if we allow space for them to talk, then they're going to want to come talk to us more. And it really, we all just, if we just listened more, I think that there would be a lot more love and understanding um, and compassion that we would have for each other.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think one of my natural inclinations is to feel defensive about it or to feel like, yeah, I want to persuade them to think differently about their story. And, um, you know, that's that's not going to ultimately connect me to that person that's sharing their experience and story. And so I think it's important to be pretty deliberate and to kind of prepare yourself for conversations like this and try to think about, okay, what is, what is the goal of this conversation? Mm-hmm. Like, how do I want to connect to them? How do I want them? How do I want to support them? How do I want to show up for them? Because it, I, for me, listening is a skill that I'm working on. It's not, it doesn't come supernaturally to yeah. me. Um, and active listening and listening with the intent to like affirm and understand and validate. Those are skills that we probably need yeah. to practice.
1: Yeah. I think it's too easy again let me just reiterate if it's not your story for us to just shut down and be like well that doesn't even make sense to us and you know I think that we're trying to be better at that and if if there's one thing that we can that I hope that somebody can get out of this this episode is to a recognize that there is trauma and b be willing to allow your story to be different from their story or allow their story to be different from your story mm. And if you are someone who is out there that you feel like there's nobody else that will listen to you, please know that we want to listen. We want to be there for you. We want this to be a safe space for you. And you are always free to reach out to us in our email, which is bridgingthegapwithlove22 at gmail.com. I mean, you can find us on Instagram. Really, we just, this is such a passion of ours to hear your story, even if it sounds different than ours. There's no wrong or right story. There just is your story and we would love to hear it.